that word. All right, perfect. So, um, Sandra, did you introduce yourself at the last time on the on the Black Tats podcast? Yes, I did. All right, good. All right, so we'll start with Jesse. All right, so I'm gonna count down. So, Jesse, basically, since it's your first time on, you know, I already told you you had to introduce yourself, answer the three questions. I'll prompt you with the questions, and then I introduce today's topic, which is uh, tax scams, our favorite tax scams, mm. and. <laughs> <laughs> and what and we're gonna break that break them down why they're tax scams why people should be wary of them um so uh, i count down in five four three two one hello welcome to another episode of high table and today we have a brand new guest we've already met four of the high table members and today jesse williams is joining us hey jesse hey <laughs> and now before we get into introducing jesse and learning more about her firm we also have lasandra on hey lasandra hey girl hey <laughs> and i am nicole davis all right so let's get into it jesse so tell us who you are why did you start your firm and also, what is one piece of advice that you receive as a business owner? All right. I'm probably going to forget all those questions, but all right. So my name is Jesse Williams. I am one of the members of this beautiful high table. I'm probably the most troublesome member there is, and you'll soon find out why. Um, I started my firm, I believe in 2016 or 17 officially. Um, I always had a book of business on the side while working in public accounting, but I officially uh, call it quits one day, walked across the street and opened an office at WeWork and been operating um, that ever since, J.M. Williams CPA. And I want to say that the reason why I started my business, if I'm being, is for many reasons, right? But the number one reason why at the time that what I, why I got up and left is really because I was tired of the toxic environment I was working with. I loved what I was doing. I loved interact, interacting with my clients and I like giving back to our new hires and our interns. And that was great. I love being a coach to them and a mentor, but I just hate the, the people for the most part that I work with and maybe so the environment in which public accounting was just known for. So that's one of the reasons why I quit. One of the biggest advice I can give or got, which one, Nicole? That you received as a firm biggest, owner. Yeah, the biggest one I received as a firm owner, you know, I want to say it came from the high table, just knowing, having boundaries and just saying no. We don't have to be yes for every single thing in our business. We get to pick and choose who we want to be as business owners, who we want to serve, how much we, we get to choose what we want and we get to choose our career. So that was one of the biggest advice that I've gotten. And when I've been able to let go of all the things that I didn't want to do, it makes things happier. Even if that meant lowering my income, it definitely made me happier and, and just, you know, ecstatic to get in front of my computer and start working. Awesome. I love that. All right. So you, you mentioned about giving advice. So what is one piece of advice you would give someone then? Get a coach always. I do think a coach, a mentor, whatever you want to call it. I like using the word advocate, someone like you ladies who would put people on. For instance, I think you guys all know that I wanted to do speaking engagement. And 
you know, several of you have given advice, whether it's about anything. So having someone who is not just going to give you an advice, someone who is really vested and interested in your journey and your growth. So finding someone, whether it's a paid person, a friend, a girlfriend, you know, someone who actually is in the same field as you, as we got, as we are, um, you know, just aligning yourself with people who have done what you want to do, I think is the biggest advice that I can give to anyone that's just trying to make a, a very impactful, I guess, milestone in their life. And they just, you know, you could go to school, you could read a book to learn things, but I think if you really want to have a very quick transition and a meaningful transition, getting a coach um, is one of the best things you can do for yourself. Oh, that was good advice. All right, so thank you for sharing. All right, so now we're going to get into our topic um, for this podcast episode, and we're going to talk about tax scams, our favorite tax scams, and why taxpayers should be wary. And we're going to let Lysandra kick off, because Lysandra is, listen, she is our walking talker in tax law library, Mm -hmm. okay? (laughs) And we need to know something. We got Lysandra, because we know she's going to have a resource, she's going to have a code, she's going to have something to get us on the right track. So Lysandra, give us one of your favorite tax scams and why you dislike it so much. Oh my gosh, I have a list. But of course, right now it's the ERC foolishness that mm. is going on. Yes. That's, oh that's the biggest um, cancer in the tax scam arena. And the reason that it is, and I mean, I'm sitting up here chilling, watching TV with my husband, right? And boom, here comes this ERC commercial. Everybody mm. qualifies you too can get $26,000 for your employees. And my head literally exploded. First of all, there is nothing that the IRS has that everybody qualifies for. Nope. I I don't know one thing that everybody qualified for. Like, that's insane. So- the you know so the the reason that it's so painful is because we know that a lot of businesses are hurting since covid and then when you see this commercial that says hey you got this money coming to you and then your tax person or your payroll person did not tell you then suddenly that business owner is feeling like they're being taken for a ride yes mm-hmm. yeah. and you know, and so I've had clients come back to me saying, okay, well, I spoke to this person and they said I qualified. And we have to be ready to say, okay, based on X, you know, X requirement, you don't. So, you know, like I'm that person that I'm like, okay, I'm just going to tell you, you can do what you do, but don't expect me to like champion the foolishness. This that's so much foolish you're so right when i saw that commercial on tv as well i was like they are they are brazen and bold right no no now here's my question do they know it's a scam like the people who are producing these commercials the people who are advertising i guess we call them erc promoters or are they really like ignorant in their foolishness i think it's a little bit of both it is we say everybody qualifies so we can get you on the phone. 
that's the lead gen. But then what happens is, is our folks get a hold of the unscrupulous people that go and then create the documents, right? Mm. When somebody says, I can create these documents for you, why are you having to create documents that should have already been there? Yeah. And and then they say say things like everyone is doing it. Hey, it's not a big deal. You know, kind of similar to the PPP. You know, a lot of these people are just, they're feeling like, you know what? Well, such and such got it. Nothing happened. And it's not a big deal. Like, you know, it's a, it's, it's a kind of a little, it's a little white lot. And that's what I think they're saying. Cause I have gotten a few calls about people calling me and telling me, Hey, you qualify. And I'm like, ma'am, sir, um, this is a CPA practice. Um, we're very much aware of what we qualify for. Thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, and, and that's exactly right. And then it, and, and here's the thing, like you said, people like, Oh, well, Joe got it. Susie got it down the street. Okay, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're right or they're wrong because the the backlash is not immediate. The backlash happens two or three years down the road when these returns get audited. Mm-hmm. And then the and especially the part about you get the person who's doing this is going to get their percentage of your credit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you get $26,000. I get $3,000. So that's already 3000. You're not going to get back. And then if you are not qualified to get this credit, when the IRS audits that return, you pay them back 26,000 plus penalties and interest. And that person is going to be nowhere to be found. Yeah. You know what I found though? So, so, you know, we purchased a payroll company last year mm-hmm. and, um, so before yes, we know, we girl. Purchased... Okay, can we stop for a moment? Can we stop yes, for a please. moment? Right? I wasn't trying to interrupt it either. <laughs> we know we purchased a payroll company last year. And just, we just, we just brush over that. Like, that's some cool stuff. Okay, proceed. <laughs> so, so they had a lot of clients. And it was funny that they, nev- they never asked the clients or analyzed any of their clients for ERC. So that's one of the first things we did uh, when we purchased the company. But we found out that some of those clients had already been shocked by ERC promoters. Mm. And I didn't find this out until like two or three months in uh, after the acquisition. So when I went back to look at the quarterlies and I saw that we were like amending these 941s, I said, you all make sure my name does not go anywhere on that return because I think it was done at the time with the previous owner. But just because, Mm. just because I was like, unless I verify the numbers, I'm not signing off on it. I'm not, I'm not saying the numbers are right. I'm not saying they were wrong. I'm just saying I didn't do the work. So I'm not going to be the one responsible for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And the other thing is that the public feels like if these people are wrong, then the IRS should do something. Right. But that's not the IRS's job. That's not that's not even in their wheelhouse. The only thing that the IRS can do is when they get fraudulent returns, audit these returns, that's after the fact. The IRS can't just stop people from doing stuff. Yeah. Right. It's a, it's a process. All right. So before right. we move further, we have Barbara Richardson join, joining us. Hey, Barbara. Hey. hey. <laughs> All right. So do you have any, any commentary on the whole ERC scam that's going around that's mostly being promoted by these ERC mills? <laughs> 
I think you guys have covered it all. Well, you ladies have covered it all. All right. So who's next? Who has another favorite task, Sam? Jesse? I have a, the, an old time favorite one. I feel it's been around from the beginning of time. The they targeting tax owners, taxpayers who owe, may or may not owe the IRS. And they're, they used to do a lot of phone calls. And I hate to say it, it used to sound less if it's coming straight from India. And, you know, it was very, very, very popular years ago. I think the IRS in Los Angeles, if you know the T, the, I think the IRS um, definitely cracked down on that because it was so much. But, you know, I think now they resort to mailing and all that stuff. There's a, apparently there's a, a new mailing scam um, for refunds and just trying to get people who owe and just trying to get them to, to immediately pay which the IRS doesn't do, you know what I mean? They send out letters and letters and letters, and then they'll put a lien on your account at some point, but it's never this immediate, like, drop what you're doing and get to Target and get a Target gift card and set. It, I've heard it all, and I've had one client years ago that actually did it, and I really got upset with her. Why wouldn't you just call me? Because she actually did have a bill, so it, she was very, very frantic about it. So that's one of my favorites that I've, I've seen. So with that tax scam, the, the end goal is usually to have the, I guess, the 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 victim or the taxpayer mm -hmm. uh, send money to the scammer, right? Yep, yep, Cause, yep. Because they're using that fear tactic of where you owe the, and we know everyone is scared of the IRS, yeah. for the most part. So they know. use that fear tactic so that they can get them to, you know, give up their funds, give them their bank accounts, or go get those gift cards, like you said. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's I, I can't imagine which people has actually got scammed like that. You know, people are really terrifying. They're, they're, they're preying on that fear of the IRS, like you mentioned. And the, the sad part is, is that the scammers have gotten very good at, they'll send letters that yes. look like they're from the IRS. So it's really important for you, for as for taxpayers, number one, to know your tax situation. But two, if you get a letter, send it to your tax professional. And if you don't have a tax professional and you get a letter, call the IRS to verify that they actually sent you this letter because they will have a record that, yes, we sent you this letter on such and such date, right? Yeah. And but if the IRS is like, uh, no we don't, we haven't sent you anything, then you know it's a scam. It's hard to tell these days with the letters because they really do look official. Yeah. And you know what I also encourage people to do, and especially, I mean, obviously everyone listening to this is a taxpayer. Make sure you have an account with the IRS and whatever state you belong to. Make sure you have an account, log in. You know, if you're, your tax, um, yeah, your tax accountant, you know, file your tax return. Hey, in two, three weeks, go and verify that that was actually filed. You know what I mean? Like go there and see, hey, if I have, if I owe, you could set up your own payment plan. There's a lot of things that people could do is the IRS is and your state that you, you, you pay taxes to are just, you know, like anyone else, like your credit card, log on, have an account and just sit in there, play around in there and see what is it that you have info at your fingertips at. Like stop taking this thing for granted as if you don't know anything and it's all on your preparer to, to, to tell you what's going on. Take your finances into your own hands and just log onto your account. So by the time you get a letter, you should have already known that 
this is coming on a pipeline and you know if it's fake or not. I totally agree with that. There are so many people who are afraid or don't want to go through the process. Go through the process of setting up your own IRS account. Like that, that is for me, everybody just needs to do it just for your, your own access to be able to go and confirm information for yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Barbara, what you got for us? Or not? Well, <laughs> well, I'm sitting here patiently waiting on us to tackle these social media tax scams. Oh, <laughs> uh, but influencers or yeah, I was about to say yeah. that, bro. Wow. Let's talk about these. Let's talk about LLC, Twitter, and TikTok. <laughs> trust and trust TikTok. Trust. Oh my gosh, the trust! I was getting there. I was oh like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen. Okay, Barbara, you kick it off. What about these, 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 this, these TikTok trusts that we've been hearing a lot about? I have figured it out. All you need is some really good videos. You need like a good twenty-second soundbite, a whiteboard, and a promise that you never have to pay taxes ever again. And then the catchphrase is always, "This is what the wealthy do." Yes. <laughs> yes. Those are huge flags. <laughs> and, and also another telltale sign is it's always people who are not even in the tax industry mm -hmm. who always have something else to sell. So yeah, it, I find some of them, you know, very hilarious, but I do think that um, it's a huge disservice. And I really wish there was more accountability in terms of there are certain industries that have, you know, rules around what people can share and what people can promise to the end you to the consumer our industry is just a free-for-all unfortunately so there is an, a certain amount of due diligence uh that the taxpayers got to do to make sure that the people they hire are people that they can trust not people who's just selling you pie in the sky and like you lady said earlier in the call who's not going to be there when the rooster crow the problem is i don't think that there's usually a, a nice little time period between when you do the thing and get away with it. <laughs> and when the IRS or the state comes a knocking. But I just want everyone to know. 99.99.9999999% of the stuff you're seeing on social media, the things you're forwarding to your tax professional, 99.9999999% of those are not true. There may be 10% truth in it. Yeah. But overall, it's not true. Y'all... Yeah. If you make money, you're going to pay some tax, okay? We can minimize it. We can reduce it. We can tax plan around it. But you can't eliminate it totally yeah. all the time. Yeah, I, I always like to tell people, like, look, if anyone says you could do this and it, you, you can't deduct it, like, straight out, that is not how the code works. You know, it's always a statement, but if. There's always a but. There's always a, it depends on. So it is never a blank statement, a blank, a, a whole overall theory that like we could say, yes, you could, everyone knows that a home office is deductible. There's a lot of buts to that because Tom, Dick, and Harry, all three of them may not be able to deduct it, but is it deductible? It's kind of, and I think that's that deductibility is what people don't understand. The average, you know, person 
doesn't understand. Like it is deductible, but it's deductible to you. Like when people say is this is debatable, like there's a question there. And I think that is what that people don't understand. All they hear is that I can deduct it. That's what they hear when we say it's deductible. So I think that is something that um, I always tell the clients who bring it to me, like, I I'm not going to stop you from sending me clips and stuff. But at the end of the day, once you hear, hey, you can deduct this, is, is any anyone could do this, is usually, you say 9.999, I say it's 100% incorrect. Because <laughs> everything is a matter of fact is if, and we have to look at the circumstances pertaining to you personally. So what's good for Nicole is not good for me and may not be good for Barbara and everyone else. So that's what I generally see before they send anything over to me. That's LLC Twitter. Their answer to everything is get you an LLC and do what with it? Like, exactly. <laughs> do what with it? And form an escort, that's what you do. Right. That, you know, that that is that is up there too. And especially like I said, you know, like we were saying with the trust, you know, just put everything in the trust, like tweet time out. Like you need yes, you can go ahead and put your home in a trust, but if your trust owns your home, then you're going to lose some benefits, right? You're gonna lose that section 121 exclusion, that you know, that. 250, 500,000 exclusion. So it's like, yes, we put everything in a trust, own nothing and control everything. Like you guys have no clue. And if the IRS is on for these scams, um, it's just a matter of time before they get these trust. You. These trust scams are in the dirty dozen. Yes. Mm -hmm. And they've been, and the thing about it is, is that it's rehashed because I was sharing that, you know, this scam with somebody and he's like in his seventies, he was like, oh my gosh, this is what's out in the, like the sixties and the seventies. This is back again. Like, <laughs> yes, it is, sir. And for those who don't know what the dirty dozen is, the IRS is very transparent about the areas that they find uh, there's high fraudulent activity and where they are very aware of what's going on in the marketplace. So it's not a secret. It's not anything they're keeping from any of us. They um, post this or make this list available every year. And these very complicated trust uh, situations are on that dirty dozen list. That's another thing. Speaking of complexity, I realized with these things, complexity sales. If you can sound intelligent enough and but confusing, but make it seem a little bit complicated, because mm -hmm. I've seen these trust things where people, clients or prospects have come to me from, you know, whomever has tried to sell them these things. And there's a trust on top of a trust on top of a trust on top of a, and all of these multiple layers. And I'm like, okay, first of all, is this an attorney who's helping you set up these trust documents? No, it's never in an attorney. It's never an attorney. Mm -hmm. This is a legal document. Forget the tax aspect, right? This is a legal document. And you're telling me they're giving you some DIY, some templates for you to fill out. And then if you <laughs> fill out these templates, <laughs> you now have three trusts. <laughs> you don't really know who owns what anymore. All mm -hmm. you know is you get to somehow another because you are the administrator of the trust. You get to somehow another run all of your personal expenses through these multiple layers of trust. And as the administrator, since you're, quote, working for the trust, your expenses somehow another becomes a expense of the trust. Y'all, that is just simply not how it works. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you're not working with an attorney to set up these documents 
And if you're not also working with your tax pro to make sure that you're getting covered on both ends, protecting your assets, and then also managing, you know, your tax liability, you're not working with anyone who's really doing you any good. I so agree with that. I was just thinking that I, I've seen these demonstrations of these trusts and how they're written out, and I'm and then it confuses the hell out of me. I'm like, what? <laughs> Right, you are over there questioning your own education. You're like, wait a minute, what? But yeah, now I'm, I'm drawing like, on a piece of paper. I'm like, okay, wait, what? A is this? And then like, I'm like, got a whole hangman situation with the stick mm. trying to make sure I know who owns what and what's being reported and who. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I be calling my financial advisor and be like, hey, what is is this? Does this even make sense? He's like, don't don't send me this crap. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> It's like if you're going to set up a trust, they're like, you know, the ladies are saying, first of all, why are you setting up a trust? Like, set up a trust just to not pay taxes. It's, it shouldn't be the only reason. Like, you know, and there's so many different trusts I did. I think the average person don't even know. I mean, I don't, I barely even know, you know, three, don't even know what type of trust they're setting up and what's the tax, you know, issues when setting this up. They don't know anything. It's just like you saw. A, a video, a clip for like what, 30 seconds or less, and you all of a sudden now you're an expert. Didn't even go to the IRS website and Google search anything on the IRS website. They just went and ran with it because this person has all these qualifications. But yet for all, when they come to us, it's like a whole, you know, dancing song as to why they can't do this. And, and all of a sudden we're not qualified because of the, the the letters behind our names and stuff. So I think sometimes it's just, it's either, I don't know, there's something going on out there because people are taking the, the, this for value, face value, what these people are saying online, but yet for all, it's like, it's almost like they don't trust us for some extent. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you're doing everything you could do, you know, because this guy said this. Well, well how about you go ask that guy? You know, go get his contact information and I haven't helped you. Sometimes I do want to say that. I'm not going to lie. I do. I actually did say that. I I, I actually of course did, you did say that to a client <laughs> because, you know, because he comes to me with, like we talked about LLC Twitter, I, I get you an escort. So he comes to me with this escort, but I was like, why in the world did you do this? You do not need this business structure. And I explained to him all that is involved. And so that kind of went in one ear and out the other. And then come filing time, okay, here's the bill. He was mm. like, whoa, why is this so much? Sir, you have a whole corporation now yeah, and you made no money. So yep. you didn't even need this. And I reminded him of the date and time we had the conversation. Mm. I said, now, he's like, well, how do I fix this? I said, you need to go back to the people that told you to set this up anyway. You do not, you already not wanted to pay me for, for your services. You think now I'm about to advise you for free? No, I am mm. not. Go back yeah. to the people you paid. Exactly. Yeah. So we are at the end of our time. So do you have any closing comments or any advice you want to give to anyone that um that could be thinking about participating in these scams or they just need more information because they just don't know what they don't know i will say this what our grandmothers have been saying for ages if it's too good to be true most likely it is yes that's a that's a good saying to live by always <laughs> For, for me, I would say, look, get an IRS account and any questions you have, anything, start with the IRS website, 
and and also do a search and then call your tax accountant. You know, definitely do that. Information is great, but you have to verify that information and know your own situation, know your own um, IRS account and the state account list. And don't forget the state. The states are just as you know critical as the IRS as well. So get a get an account with, especially if it's in crazy states like New York and New York City. So get an account. I would and say go. Oh, sorry, Lasson, you want to go? Yeah, because I thought she was going to close us out because, you know, you'd be all fabulous and everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Whatever. <laughs> but um, I would say, please stop falling for the sensational. You fall for the, the same sensational stories. I got out of prison, get, got it out the mud, and here I am now and educated myself and you too can do all of these things. But you need to get with somebody that has some credentials that have actually gone through the formal education for this stuff before you go and just jump off the deep end because it sounded really good when somebody said it. That's good. And I would just wrap up and say, if you're unsure something is a scam, like you said, reach out to your tax professional, but also as Jesse or Barbara mentioned, just go Google IRS 30 dozens. They have the 12 top scams that are currently um, going on right now that are very prevalent. So that give you an idea of if someone approaches you with something that sounds too good to be true, go verify the information yourself. All right. So that wraps up our podcast for today. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you next month. Well, well you'll hear us next month. Bye.